Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the first quarantine podcast from Golden State of Mind. Uh, Sorry that... This has been silent for so long, but uh, I didn't have a microphone for a while, and we didn't have stuff to talk about for a while, and now here we are. But um, we're going to start podcasting more regularly again, so you can expect to have some stuff to listen to during this indefinite amount of time without basketball. Uh, So topic we want to talk about today is um, some of some of my managers reached out to me at SB Nation because we're doing a larger series across a bunch of the different team sites, both in the NBA and in other leagues, about the best team in franchise history to never win a championship. Um, and when they first reached out to me, I, I laughed a little bit at the idea just because for the Warriors, it felt so painfully obvious what that team was obviously the 2015-16 Warriors was where my mind first went as you would kind of expect a team that sets the record during the regular season establishes themselves as the best regular season team in NBA history and then doesn't win a championship is kind of the obvious place to start there you know, that team came within a game, within a few points, within a few minutes, however you want to remember it, um, as being universally considered the greatest team in NBA history. Had they won that championship, then I don't think there would really be any debate that they were the best team. Well, I suppose Michael Jordan would have something to say with that, but that's neither here nor there. So at first I thought, this was kind of going to be a futile exercise for me because where else would you go? And then I started thinking about last year's Warriors team, that 2018-19 squad that obviously didn't perform as well, but equally obviously had more talent, um, a very similar roster in terms of the core pieces, but with the addition of, of Kevin Durant. Um, obviously, when you add you know, a top 12 or a top 15 all-time player to the mix, you get a lot better from a talent standpoint. Um, That team didn't do the historic things that the 2015-16 team did, but if you just look at them on paper and go down the list of names, they certainly stand up as well as any team in NBA history, champion or not. And while I never think that any title should be discredited, not the Cavs in 16 and not the Warriors the year before. Um, I think most people, certainly most Warriors fans, feel like had Kevin Durant not been injured and Klay Thompson not been injured, that the Warriors team last year would have ended up as the eventual NBA champions. So the more I thought about it, the more I realized that these teams are 
very, very close. And it's not very easy to pick which one was better and which one should go down as the greatest non-championship team in Warriors history. I did try to crowdsource an answer. I, I asked on Twitter. I put out a poll, which as of the recording of this is still live, so you can go vote in it if you want. But um, as of right now, I've gotten 543 votes and 53.8% of people have voted for that 2015-16 team, 46.2% for 2018-19. So the 73-win team is kind of seen a little bit better by my audience at least, but it is very, very, very narrow. Um, by, By all accounts, these teams are incredibly even. Statistically... Obviously, there's a little bit of a gap. Last year's team went 57 and 25. Obviously, the 2015-16 team went 73 and 9. That's a difference of 16 wins, 16 losses. That's pretty enormous. Um, then diving into to the specifics a little bit more, both teams finished first in the league in offensive rating. These are these stats are per cleaning the glass, which eliminates garbage time, which there was a lot of, especially in 2015-16. Uh, last year's team had an offensive rating of 116.5. The 73-win team had an offensive rating of 114.9. Again, both of those were tops in the league. Um, so on the surface, it kind of looks like last year's team was actually the better offense, but that kind of depends on how you want to define things because last year's offensive landscape was much greater than... It was in 2015-16, just in in the last few years, things have changed so much. Um, The 15th and 16th teams, the, you know, what would be the average or the median last year in offensive rating had offensive ratings of 110.5 and 111. Those numbers were 105.8 and 106 back in the 73 win season. So... By offensive rating, last year's team was a little bit better, but relative to the rest of the league, the 73-win team was certainly better in that regard. That team was also much better defensively. Um, The 73-win team was fourth in defensive rating, whereas last year's team was ninth, Um, a difference of 103.2 to 108.7, though again, those numbers are changed by the offensive landscape. But really what what a lot of it comes down to is whether you value that talent, raw talent, or whether the actual you value the actual production and performance that we saw. I don't think there's any debating which team performed better. That was obviously the 73-win team. Um, they didn't luck their way to 73 wins. There was perhaps some fortuitous bounces and some fortune in the way the cookie crumbled, but you know that was not a lucky season. It was not chance that they that they finish 16 games better than last year's squad though it is worth noting i didn't mention this with the net rating they were only second in net rating that year as well um they trailed the san antonio spurs in net rating both garbage time adjusted and not garbage time adjusted so that um that's kind of funny that even in in that record setting year they didn't have the best net rating in the league um But it's an interesting debate, and it's one that I would love to hear other people's opinions of. For me, I gave it a lot of thought. I've been mulling over it for a few days. Um, I tend to 
lean towards teams that perform well over teams that maybe should perform well. I usually would bend in favor of a 73 win team because it actually did win those 73 games. It actually did play at a rate better than we've ever seen in NBA history. Um, Usually to me, that's a lot more important than if you have the talent and you should be the best, but you're not actually playing at that level. Um, But I think there there are circumstances that have to be considered. Obviously, last year's team was simply just coasting through the regular season, so you have to take their performance with an enormous grain of salt because they essentially knew they were only playing for June, knew they could walk, sleepwalk their way into the playoffs and pretty much waltz through the Western Conference, which they did. I mean, eliminating the Rockets without Kevin Durant, sweeping the Blazers in the Conference Finals without Kevin Durant. Um, They knew how good they could be when they had to be, and they kind of just waited for it. And then, of course, in that time, suffered the injuries that didn't allow them to capitalize on that. Um, So you have to take their performance with a grain of salt. But the other kind of big thing for me was the conference finals in 2015-16 when the Warriors fell behind the Thunder three games to one um, and they got heroic performances from Steph Curry and especially Clay Thompson. Um, some incredible performances, especially on defense by Draymond Green. Uh, of course, they came back and won that series, but it did expose some holes in the armor that I think no one really thought was there going into the postseason. I think after going 73-9, and nine, And being the defending champions, everyone thought, well, they can just float all the way to the championship. If anyone gives them issues, maybe it'll be LeBron, but probably not. Um, I don't think anyone, you know, I certainly wasn't expecting there to be much of a fight um, at any point in the playoffs for that Warriors team. And you can, you know, put in all the asterisks you feel like putting in Um, in the NBA Finals with Draymond's suspension, with um, injuries and and whatnot. But you can't put as many of those asterisks in in the Western Conference Finals where they did survive, but were pushed to the brink and nudged once they were on the brink so many times um, that it was the first time all year that they looked vulnerable And they didn't have a particularly good excuse for why they looked vulnerable, even if, you know, Steph Curry was still trying to get to 100, 100%. You know, there there were reasons to to feel like that team should have been at near full strength. and, And they still miraculously survived. I don't know how. Um, But my point with that is that that to me perhaps exposed that maybe the team wasn't quite as good as the record indicated in terms of when it mattered most in terms of being able to function in a seven game series against elite competition that's game planning every game for you and and coming up with specific specific schemes to try and slow you and shut you down um had it not been for that series had they kind of waltzed through the thunder or even just you know one in six games instead of seven um, I think they would be my my pick here, but with them having as much trouble as they did in that series, 
that leads me to believe that they aren't quite as good as last year's team. That if you were to put the 2018-19 Warriors against the 2015-16 Warriors, it could go any way. But I think ultimately that Kevin Durant factor having essentially a seven-foot shooting guard with point guard handles to just give the ball to when you need a bucket, which becomes so important in the postseason when the game slows down, when your offensive functions kind of grind to a halt a little bit and you sometimes just need to go isolation, just need to give someone the ball. Um, I think I think that would have ultimately been the difference maker. So while the 15-16 team will certainly hold a much larger part of my heart than the 2018-19 team, as I'm sure it does for almost all Warriors fans, except those who who are extremely dedicated to Kevin Durant. Uh, I do think that the 2018-19 team, against my initial thoughts when I started this exercise, are actually the best team in franchise history to not win a championship. Uh, Some other things that should be noted, just if you're having this debate at home with yourself or with friends, um, hopefully, you know, from six feet away or more. Um, The DeMarcus Cousins factor, I think, is an interesting one. He obviously was a non-factor on last year's team on the court. Um, But depending on how you want to view him as an off-court presence, um, certainly some rumors and rumblings of of some issues. Nothing strong ever really came out of Warriors camp, um, but it's not that hard to to envision that being the case given all of the rumors and reports that came out immediately after he left and that had been following him to that point in his career. Um, It is weird to pick last year's team when Steph Curry was clearly better in 2015 and 16 and Draymond Green was clearly better. Um, And I think you can make the case that Clay Thompson was was a bit better on that team as well. and so it's kind of weird when you look at that as kind of being the foundational trio of this Warriors dynasty to not take them at their absolute peaks for the, for the best team here. Uh, so that's something worth considering. And then, of course, it is worth considering that this that last year's team was in their fifth and final year in a string of making it to the NBA Finals. They were incredibly exhausted physically and mentally. Um, which obviously was was part of why they lost part of part of why they had those injuries, um, and that has to be taken into account. Um, not the injuries per se for an exercise like this, but you do have to take into account the fact that they were more exhausted. Um, the only winning fifty seven games was partially due to to just sleepwalking through the season, but part of why they were sleepwalking through the season was because they didn't have much in them. Uh, And it's, it's worth considering that even if they had stayed healthy, maybe they just would have run out of steam and they played two months past the end of the regular season, five years in a row. And that's two months shorter on the other end of rehabbing and resting for the next season. They were a simply spent team physically, emotionally. Um, I covered that first round series against the Los Angeles Clippers, the games that were in LA. I, I covered them and 
even then in the thick of a of an intense playoff race you you could just tell the team was they were exhausted so that's that's worth considering is is this does come in the context of you know where are you physically and mentally and and they were they were a little tired but they were also incredibly confident and cocky given that they had just run through the league two years in a row and thought they could do it a third time so i'd be curious to hear other people's thoughts on this Ultimately, in the narrowest of margins, I'm giving the 2018-19 Warriors squad the label as greatest team in franchise history to never win championship, even if 2015-16 hurt a whole hell of a lot more. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back later this week or early next week with another podcast. These will be coming out much more regularly now. Hope you're all staying safe. Hope your families and loved ones are staying safe. Take care, everyone.